With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. We got all three Smash you know, hosts on tonight. This is a fantastic Ooh. show. I'm excited. John, Mung, what's going on? I'm still thinking with my picks. I know, uh, two more yeah. today, right? Big one, yeah. We're up to six 23 firsts in the Smash 5 League, so... Shout out to McCabe. You know, it kind of hurt both of us. I had to move Jefferson. We can unpack the trade, but I'm feeling good about that. Having a lot of fun with these Smash Leagues and this Smash Patreon group we got going. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of tonight's show is basically going to be the mailbag. And, John, we've been talking about it for weeks. And, and Mung, you know, we started up a Patreon group. Right now we're running a promotion. Honestly, it's $12 for the year, right, to have access to the three Boom. of us. Dylan versus Aaron Jones situation. 31 comments, not including us. Like people just chiming in there, good information. Hey, what did you see on this trade? What kind of trade value are you seeing? What do you think this is going to be? And it's exciting because we're really building like a Smash family, a Smash community. And this group, guys, $12 a year, just DM me, Mung, or John, and we'll set you up, get you into the group chat. We are not trying to make money. We are just trying to put everything back into the podcast we're trying Absolutely. to do everything we can get premium subscriptions update some of our equipment make sure i'm not wearing my kids headphones anymore you know like we're just trying to give you the best quality we can and when it comes to that mung just did his rankings again mung has a fantastic article mung how you doing buddy good it's uh, it's good to have the hive mind back together again with john finally making an appearance uh, glad he to w- have him back on he walked away uh, as soon as you said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah he doesn't want to hear me talk um but yeah i mean i i've been just pumping out rankings dynasty rankings rookie rankings redraft rankings you can find them all at fantraxhq.com and for those of you who keep asking me Man, why why are you so high on Trey Lance? I, I have an article that just came out today on Fantrax uh, that goes into my thoughts on the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, my expectations for Lance heading into the season, and just why I'm so high on him overall. So, well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about him tonight among all the Patreon uh, trade requests that we got. But uh, yeah, it's it's just fun to have a, a trade oriented show. We haven't we haven't done one of these in a while, and of course, you guys can always tag me in trades as well on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I know it's been about a month. You know, I feel like one of our most popular episodes, Mung, honestly, was the one where you and I came in completely cold. We didn't look at a single trade. We just did it like we do it 
on Twitter, and it was like, hey, let's break these down. That's still one of the most popular ones. So what we're going to talk, we're going to have a lot of trades, a lot of debates here. We're going to give a shout-out to the guys in the group. And again, just you know, encouraging you guys, if you guys want to be a part of that group, hit us up. So the first one sent in from Brian Russell. That's at FFBRuss. Presents, guys, Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? You know, there's a guy in his draft right afterwards. Mike Evans went 16 picks before, but he wants to flip-flop. Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? If you guys have been listening to me and you guys saw last week's pod, I mean, you know who my guy is here. But, John, if you have the choice between Keenan Allen and Mike Evans right now in Dynasty, no adders, nothing on there. You know, we always talk about if you can get a little bit more on top. Right now, who's your guy out of these two? I'm going Keenan Allen. I I, I just love the the situation. And, and And when you look at Mike Evans – there is some uncertainty, right? We love what the Bucks are going to do this year. He's going to start off hot too. There's no Godwin. Okay. But again, what the heck is going to happen to the Bucks with the QB situation next year? Meanwhile, Keenan Allen is hooked up with Herbert, who has just been lighting the league on fire. And he's right there in the slot, just soaks up the targets, always reliable. And, and so I really – might surprise. I mean, there is a little bit of an age difference. Keenan Allen coming in at 30, Mike Evans 28. But I think in terms of longevity, I actually like Keenan Allen's position a bit better. And, you know, in these PPR formats, he, he's just continued to be that, that target hog and a go-to for Herbert. So that, that would be my lean just slightly over Mike Evans. Mung, what are your thoughts here on Mike Evans versus Keenan Allen? I mean, I have almost both of them on all my rosters. You and I were talking to Mike Evans trade. Who do you prefer here? I mean, are we splitting hairs or, or how much of a difference do you have between the two? Yeah, I think I actually have them ranked back to back in my dynasty rankings. Yeah. There you um, go. But the difference maker for me here is I have Evans ranked quite a bit higher in redraft. Um, yeah, I am a little bit that. more concerned about Allen's weekly ceiling. I think he's more consistent probably in PPR. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get those big weeks out of Evans. And, and like John mentioned, yeah. you know, Godwin might not be ready week one or he might not be 100% uh, mm-hmm. week one. So I do think that Evans is going to see uh, even higher target volume than we have in the past from him. So for me, I, I think especially if you're contending, you want Evans. But even if you're rebuilding, I think Evans is just going to be worth more in a trade if you do need to suddenly retool a few weeks into the season. See, I'm going to break the tie here because you guys know I love both of them. For me, I think, and the way I answered this was, I think Keenan Allen has the the playing style, the the you know everything about him. His game leads to it's going to be a longer longevity. Keenan Allen wins at the line. He has one of the best, if not the best, route runner in the league. Mike Evans is still dependent on you know some of them 50-50 balls. And that just keeps, with age, is going to cut down shorter and shorter. But both of these are guys are great. I have them both as you know fringe wide receiver ones for the season. You know, and those are guys that I think I'm targeting for if I'm at you know anywhere in that late first this year and I want a contender, I'm going to go pick up one of these guys instead of taking a, a flyer once once Jamison Williams is gone. Once once we get to that spot where you know we're we're at Chris Olave or we're talking about Sky Moore or or Watson or any of those guys, I'm really starting to look at Keenan Allen, Mike Evans as guys that are going to come on there and they're going to they're going to win me a championship. You right know, on. and I think the, both these guys are in that that same realm. On the flip side, I just made a trade and I wanted to get both your opinions because 
I'm in a win-now team. I can't seem to get a second quarterback. You guys know Josh Allen's clearly my other quarterback. The rest of the team is loaded, and I've picked 107 and 108. Today I flipped 108, and Kylan Granson, who's just you know lost in a in a big in there. tight end room for Tom Brady and Evan Ingram. Now I'm starting to really come around on Evan Ingram as being a nice toss-in, you know, as as having some upside as a tight end. But Tom Brady there at that 108. What do you guys think of that? You know, I, I have a lot of people asking, and I feel like that is the highest I was willing to go. I had 107 and 108. I feel like one of those big wide receivers will fall to me at seven, but eight is that cutoff where I was like, I might have Pickett, but I'm all in and I want Brady. Sorry, what was the trade again? Tom Brady for the 108, <laughs> essentially. Oh, straight up? Okay. Um, well, you said you got Ingram too, right? Yeah, I got Ingram thrown in there, and he wanted Kylan Granson. And for me, it's six-point passing touchdowns, and it favors completions. You get more points for completions. Yeah, I mean, given how pass-heavy the Bucks' offense is, I think that's a little rich for Brady in most leagues. But with the with the completion points plus the six-point passing touchdown, I think that's fine for Brady. And I actually like Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, excuse me. Uh, quite a bit in Jacksonville. We saw Dan Arnold have some nice PPR weeks before he got hurt. And it's not like Christian Kirk is a true number one wide receiver. So I think there's going to be plenty of target share for Ingram to snap up there. Thank you. I've been coming around on Evan Ingram quite a bit there because the target share he saw when it was Eli Manning, you know, we're going we're gonna to write off some of what we've seen over the last couple of years with Daniel Jones. But he's been a productive tight end. Going from Dan Arnold to the Dan Arnold of Dynasty. I mean, what do you think of this trade, John? And... Is there some back end, you know, like throw in value for Evan Ingram? Yeah, I would I would agree with with Mung and I like the trade. And you know, I'm I got your style most of the time, right? It's play to win. So give All me the goes win, baby. Oh. <laughs> hey, Tom Brady though, I mean, he's gonna light it up. And I think you you're right. I mean, it's right there at the, about the cutoff line of what you would want to pay right. for Brady. And but if, if we, that's what you need to win a championship, come on. There's We've been no talking QBs about available this in this draft. A lot rookie draft. In, in the Patreon, right, guys? Is there are so many guys where we're willing to pay a second, and if we trade them, we want a first, but we gotta find a way in there, right? Like, so everyone would would give a second for Tom Brady. And yeah. you know, and, and he ultimately falls in that 110 to 201 range. I was perfectly mm-hmm. fine at 108 because in that league, my wide receivers are stacked. I mean, it is mm-hmm. like Makes a sense. loaded room. It's that last piece of the puzzle. So let's move on to the next question sent in from Jordan Fisher. He just traded Adam Thielen for 207 on the clock. So, you know, we've talked about Adam Thielen in the in the past on the show. Adam Thielen is getting up there. You know, he's, I believe, 31 years old. The 207 on the clock, he just wanted to, you know, reset the, the clock a little bit, you know, and get a little bit younger, at least 8 to 10 years there. He said it's a bizarre format. It's two points PPR for wide receivers, and it is a non-PPC Superflex League. So he said David Bell or Malik Willis, you know, and his quarterbacks right now are Russell Wilson. And he put Jalen Hurts in all caps. I think he's, you know, after my heartstrings there a little bit. I ultimately said David Bell because some of the things I'm seeing on David Bell really are starting to get me a little bit more excited as the wide receiver two there. I think he could have a nice PPR floor in a two points per tight or two points per reception league for wide receivers. Even though I like love Malik Willis, the fact that he had Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts. He's not super in need of that third quarterback. John, talk to me a little bit about this. Who do you, first of all, would you give the 207 for Adam Thielen? Either direction, talk about it from contender or rebuilding. And if you do trade in for this 207, who would have been your pick? 
Yeah. I, I, first of all, starting with Thielen, more than a Thielen, hooked on a Thielen. We love him, <laughs> but he's getting up there. I, you know, I think he's going to put up another couple good seasons. So as a contender, he's kind of a nice cheap piece that you can get. I actually <laughs> drafted him kind of late and uh, smash listener league five just to see how that might play out. But yeah, 207. Okay. It, that, that could make some sense. Second rounder is definitely appropriate value there. So I, I don't blame him for getting younger. And, you know, that's very, very close between those two. And in that particular format, I can understand going David Bell. You know, part of me wants to say that, you know, QBs are going to hold more value in general. And if Malik Willis is, let's say, does enough to become the starter in Tennessee next year, that's going to be very likely worth more than David Bell. But you already got your QBs. You need another wide receiver in there. He's getting two points for every reception. Okay, that's really interesting. And I, I could probably lean that way. And he's he's matched up with Deshaun Watson now. This isn't Baker's offense anymore. He's got Watson. He, he's going to have some of the coverage taken away with Amari. So you could kind of tell yourself this narrative. This guy could get peppered with targets. There's not a ton of other weapons yet for the Browns. So that, that that's an interesting play there. I, I feel I, like I wouldn't mind leaning that I've, way. I've been too low on on David Bell uh, at Nessie FFB. Put a thing out. You're all too low on David Bell. Is what he said. You know, career at Purdue. We're looking at 29 games. It's 232 receptions, 2,946 yards. That's almost 100 yards a game. 21 touchdowns. Only 11 drops over that time. You know, he's got the size, 6'2", 210. Did not come out great at the at the combine, and I feel like that's really pushing things back. But you have 14 games of 9-plus receptions, 17 games over 100 yards. So he's got a chance to be the wide receiver, too, there among the other guy who's, you know, we were high on and has kind of fallen off. Malik Willis, I feel like, is the ultimate quintessential non competing quarterback to draft in this range. So it kind of puts you in a dilemma here. Ultimately, what would you have done between David Bell and Malik Willis? Yeah, honestly, I think people are sleeping on Malik Willis. Uh, He fell a lot in the NFL draft, and that has tanked his Superflex rookie draft stock. Um, And for good reason. I don't think anyone should be taking him in the top five picks at this point. But I have him, I believe, ranked as my 112 or 201 in Superflex. Um, I understand the, I think you said it was two PPR for wide receivers, yeah, but which is kind of you know, crazy it, to me. Yeah. I mean, it, the scoring uh, certainly helps wide receivers, but I'm not particularly high on bell either. So mm-hmm. I, I think it would be uh, Willis for me here pretty easily, even if he's contending and Thielen would fill, you know, a wide receiver need. I, I just think the upside play and the long-term value here is, is Willis by so much that I'd be hard pressed to, to pass him up. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm surprised he fell that far. I'm not sure what his current super flex ADP is, but that seems he's, low. He's been going around the two or three range um, yeah. in, in the drafts that I've been in. And I feel like unless it has points per carry or unless that quarterback, like if you're a quarterback needy team and you're in that one twelve range, I have no problem doing it. You know, I feel like that's, that's kind of that area where it's like, I would take him over Watson. I might, I, I probably wouldn't take him over Sky more, but I'd be in that area, you know, and that's that's kind of what I feel if I was in, in need of a quarterback. And I was going to say real quick, uh, while you guys are talking before me just now, uh, there's a, little, a bit of a trade alert. I just made a trade uh, in a league, and I, I, I didn't want to bring the trade up just because, but I think there's a lesson here. Uh, where I traded earlier today, I traded the 203 for Alberto, Evan Ingram, 
uh, the 307 and a 2024 fourth, I believe. Um, so I, okay. I, I have plenty of, of tight end depth, but I got an offer of George Kittle in a tight end premium league for a 2023 first that I think is going to be pretty late. Um, and I got the 302 thrown in. And even though I, I felt good about tight end, I, I felt like the value was too good to pass up. So I think that's generally how I approach my trades, where even if it doesn't necessarily fill a need right now, uh, yeah. I generally trade for value in the offseason. No, I like that. John and I were, were on the phone today, and we were talking about those 23 firsts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're looking at them in startups being worth somewhere in the late fourth to fifth round range, which means, I mean, and that's yep. that's kind of that shit sure. going before that. It's it's almost crazy right now. We were talking about, in it, you know, aside from the quarterbacks, the only guys that are worth more than two 23 firsts is Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, if that's what we're saying a first, a 23 first is worth on the calculator. I mean, if you're looking at the calculator, if you're looking at draft startup values and how, how you know, either it's DLF or it's DTC, whoever it is, it's essentially saying any two firsts will buy you whatever you want. You know, they will buy you whatever you want except those three guys. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's kind of crazy because – you know, we, we've talked about it with, uh, and I, I just want to brainstorm here a little bit, but we've talked about it with our analysts. We've talked about the guys that have come on there talking about how great this next class is, that there are potentially eight guys who will be worth more than the 101 this year. And to me, that's like, that is a 75% chance that you're going to get one of those guys, you know, that you could get that type of value. But a lot's going to happen here. And it's like the 23 firsts are so out of control. You can buy studs like George Kittle, who is a top five tight end for the next, what, three, maybe four years. You know, so we have a lot of situations here. I saw in the group chat, uh, one of the guys bought T. Higgins for a 23 first today. So I'm not saying go out and spend your 23 first for a guy who's a 28-year-old running back. You know, like if you're in a... but. There are situations where you can buy a 23 first for a young up and coming stud. I mean, Mung, Drake London's going for less than a 23 first. You can get Drake London plus, and I know you love him. And John, we were talking about that as well. It's like, it's almost gotten to a point where you can buy some absolute proven studs. And I'm not saying sell your 23 first, but it's worth having a dialogue here. Yeah, I'll jump yeah, in there I mean, because he. Um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because just, just fresh on my mind, and I've been looking at this a ton. And just a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like you, we almost have a family <laughs> share plan because puppets. we've been talking so much about these picks. <laughs> right, right. We should look into that. But look, I mean, I think that we do have to slightly adjust our our view on the value of picks. Like we've been saying, for example, in my my case, today, Justin Jefferson, I think, is worth three firsts. Well, that was probably last certainly year. the case last year's class. But for this 23 class, I had to kind of convince myself, yo, I mean, maybe these 23 firsts are worth a bit more. I think they absolutely are. And so coming off that, so in my case, I did it for two 23 firsts and a 23 second. The other key here, though, and I want to want to get this into the conversations where those 23 firsts are going to fall. In my case, yeah. one of them was for sure either going to be the 101 or the 102. And so we're looking at guys like B. John Robinson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Um, you got Jameer Gibbs, who's going who's in Bama now. Those two running backs, those two QBs, and you got like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Keishon Boutte. Well, I mean, Smith and Jigba. Six. Like, so the other thing I yeah. keep seeing is people saying, Ball. "Oh, it's a mid-first. 
like today there was one of them where I was like, yeah. would you give up, you know, it's T Higgins and then for Jerry Judy and then potentially late first, that's fine. But if that late first becomes mid first, Smith and Jigba is a guy who's in that same mold as Jamar Chase he in really value. Is. Because there's yeah. so many good running backs and quarterbacks, he's going to go in the 106, 106 range maybe. And that is just insane yeah. value. So just be very careful right. where you project that. Because we all know yes. that mids become late and sometimes lates become mids, you know, because of injuries yes. and the way things go. Yeah, so I really had to, in my case, size up where I thought these were going to fall. And then, and it, you know... It's it's still a little bit hard to say, but I mean, if you're getting like a Bijan Robinson in the trade for a Justin Jefferson and two other pieces, I, I get it. And and I was kind of committed to this. We've been talking about it. it's been my goal to try and load up on these 23 firsts and just have some fun with that draft class. But you're right. We we do have to adjust the way that we've been viewing these. Absolutely. I'm thinking um, fourth round startup value, maybe in the fifth. But there, there is inflation that's happened. I mean, the time to get these were certainly before this past NFL draft, but last season. It was last year. So it year. has gotten very, very pricey. But, um, I, you know, I think that if you have the right dialogue with the, the trade partners, kind of like I, I did in my case, shout out again to McCabe, um, you, can get, you can get the right deals done and you can go with your strategy. I will throw one other thing in there and we can go over to Monk. Drake London. Uh, I'm, I've kind of come around more and more. I don't, I don't have him above Brees Hall like my boy Mung here. But I have him in a number of leagues, and I am still valuing him, certainly above, let's say, a mid to late 23 first. I really like his potential, and so I do have him in that same smash five league with now the six 23 first, so you can build around that. Well, let's let's talk about that. And Mung, this is going to transition perfectly into Drake London and the 23 first. I have a deal out there with Josh Smith. That's at Jay Bundershin, Shepard, and we're going to talk about his other trade, but it's a... It is for my ninth 23 first, and this will be a late one. But we're looking at, he offered me today, Drake London, Michael Pittman, and a late 23 first for Jamar Chase. Essentially three for one. He wants me to throw in Mostert. He might throw me, you know, some kind of third round pick or something like that, some jazz back in there. So, Mung, talk to me about London. Talk to me about the trade. And let's transition that into 23 first because that's what everybody wants to hear about anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you before the show when we were talking about this trade, that's a smash except for me. Uh, I understand I'm, I'm much higher on London than the consensus, but I think Pittman's going to have a good year with Matt Ryan. Um, I think London is the only rookie wide receiver this year who immediately has top 20, maybe even top 15 upside, purely based on how bad Atlanta's defense is going to be. And I think there's a lot of concern about Marcus Mariota or maybe Desmond Ritter just tanking the offense in general, but I think the volume is going to be there for Pitts mm-hmm. and London. And I think both are still a little bit undervalued in redraft right now. Um, and then of course, you know, the 2023 first that you said is likely late, but you know, there's still a chance that that turns out to be an earlier mid pick, depending on how that person's roster does it's, this year. It's stacked. It, it's it's yeah. stacked and deep, you know, like, but I, I feel like the worst it could be is like one ten. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I had a roster last year that had, like, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, and a bunch of guys. And my first ended up being, I think, the 104. So you never know. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's no, all you're right. Say. You're right. And I think the value is, is good enough where, um, you know, Chase and Jefferson are those elite uh, wide receiver assets. But in general, I just think there's less differentiation between 
uh, you know, the wide receiver one, wide receiver two position versus, yeah. you know, the, that elite tier of running backs or quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I definitely would take the value there. Let's transition this, and we're not making the whole show about Josh Brown, but he also sent in, he had one where it was a 10-team super flex, Deontay Johnson in a 23-third, or Marcus Mariota in a 23-mid-to-late first. So this is where we get into that interesting situation, John, is if it's Deontay Johnson or a late 23-first, I am pounding the table for Deontay Johnson. If it's that mid-first, it is, you know, it's right there. You guys know... You know, Dave Kluge put in there, who do I draft in this area? And there was some ballers, you know. It mm-hmm. was Traylon Burks, and it was Godwin, and it was, you know, like all those guys. I'm like, I, you guys know I love Deontay Johnson, but this becomes a little bit interesting, right? I mean, I think Mariota in third, yeah, Mariota's probably going for a mid to late second, the third. Let's watch them out. Do you want that mid to late 23 first or Deontay Johnson in a 10-teamer? So 10-team you got to look at too, yeah. right? We're 10-10. looking at, if it's late in a 10-team, there are ten guys in this class that are that are you know absolute bangers. Nope. Yeah, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll jump in. Or go ahead, Mom. Go ahead, Mom. No, I was just gonna say I think this comes back to how I view the wide receiver position, and I'll be quick, John, because I don't have a whole lot to say here. Um, where I, I just don't see elite top five upside for Deontay Johnson with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think he's going to hold off Pickett for most of the season. And then, you know, it wouldn't shock me if a much cheaper wide receiver like a Brandon Cooks or a Russell Gage were to score similarly to Deontay Johnson. And uh, like you said, in a 10-team league, that quote-unquote late 2023 first could be the 106 or 107 if just mm-hmm. a couple things break right. And I think I would lean the, the first unless you're a strong contender. Yeah, it's good. those are good insights. this is why I brought it up earlier and you're right Dad. you really need to have some level of confidence that the pick will land inside the top five, top six, I think, because I think there's what you're going to see is a tear break. We're predicting a year out, but the truly elite talent that you're going after, like a Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? He's, he's probably going in the top five, six picks or so is what we're projecting right now. If you think you can get in there, I think it might be worth it. Otherwise, if any risk at all, for this thing to be later, I really still love Deontay. I was loved getting him in Smash Five mm-hmm. to still have him in Drake London, um, and I, and I think that Deontay seems like he's just a guy that's very rewarding floor. Um, you know, he may may have is a ceiling challenge. Perfect wide receiver too, though. You know, that's he is, what he he's is. Perfect, and and you know, some of the these other wide receivers have kind of slid down boards. Um, and a guy like Godwin, who may start the season on pup, or he's not maybe not going to be there. Like you, you, mm-hmm. well, we told Kluge, right? Stick with Deontay. And so, I, I really, I love Deontay, I, and I could, I could go that direction. But man, if you think you can sneak into those top five, six picks, it, it would be worth considering doing that. And I think Mung had the hit the nail on the head. And I've been doing this. I, you guys, I mean, we talked about Keenan Allen. I have been pounding the table. Brandon Cooks is another guy like that. We're talking about you can go out there and keep that 23 first. Give him Marcus Mariota. Or, you know, like get in a situation where you trade Mariota for Brandon Cooks and keep your first, you know, and do some moves like there that. You where You, you yep. make a move and you get similar production. You might get 80% out of Brandon Cooks. You might get 70% out of Adam Thielen and you save that first. And then when it comes time to 
playoffs and you still have that first and you're right in that area, you can go and you can make that push. I would hate to make this move. And I talked about this with someone else where he was saying, hey, man, I got 423 firsts and I'm not far off from competing. I'm just going to start selling them. Dude, it's fine. You go trade that 23 first for Deontay Johnson. And then Deontay Johnson gets hurt in camp. And now that first ends up getting B. John Robinson and you are kicking yourself. You know, and you, yeah. you start to get into those situations where yeah. I'm not trading those firsts until I have to. You know, and that's just They're only going to gain in value. We know that. Exactly. Let's talk about another one here. Another great guy that's just joined the Patreon. Fantasy nerd boy. He got Drake London Mung for a 23 second and Gabe Davis. Now, what are you willing to pay in 23 picks for London? Let's talk about that first round because a lot of debate has been going on in that Patreon. Where's the cutoff for you projecting? You know, let's say, you know, next year's 101. I know you haven't at 101 this year. I still have Hall there at 101, but I, I've moved London into that same area, you know, into that into that upper tier. What are you willing to pay in 2023 first? What would be that cutoff if we knew what the draft order was? Where does he fall in next year's class for you? I can't see a facial expression because Mung's got his LinkedIn face. I'm not sure if he's there. I'll start. No, I, I would say, honestly, for me, I'm feeling like, and this, this might be crazy because I'm a little bit lower, but it's almost the 108 range for me because of how good that class that's coming in. John, where, if you had to say 23 yep. picks, and Fantasy Nerd mm-hmm. Boy absolutely nailed it. A 23 second and Gabe Davis, 100%. That's like giving two quarters for a dollar. You know, like that is literally what that I'm is. Sure, smash that one. 100%. And I, and I, I'm going to cowbell just for him on that because that is that, that is an absolute smash. But where does he fall for you? Yeah, I, okay. So here's here's my view on this. If it is completely random 23 first, no idea where this thing is going to land, I still have Drake London there. By by a little little bit of an edge there, I, I think that if it's an early twenty three first and you know it, go ahead and take the early. We just talked about those mm-hmm. elite players that very likely could outperform Drake London down the road. Um, if it's if it's a mid, you know, and you're not, let's say the six, seven, eight range, that's about where I would start thinking about taking Drake London over the twenty three first. So it it kind of gets dicey in there, but. I really, really do still like Drake London. And I will throw one more thing about this situation because we talked about it briefly. If Mariota and Ritter do completely fail and they tank and they have a top, let's say, two or three pick in next year's NFL draft, that could be Bryce Young. That could be C.J. Stroud throwing to him. Yeah. And that is rocket ship right there. And I think we talked about that last week with him and Jamison Williams. You know, that would be absolute increase in value. That's worth considering. Yep. For sure. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I am recording from my phone these days, so I, I got a call just then. But uh, was yeah, it Drake first, London? Uh, <laughs> no, I wish uh, I would give him a big hug. Uh, put, his, <laughs> put his face on nice. my shirt. Um, <laughs> Go on vacation um, with him and Trey Lance, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to shoot him a text. See, see, see when they're around. Go to the Bahamas, throw some balls around. Um, but yeah, at first I think that's a, a steal for London and. It's tough because you guys know I'm not a Debbie guy, so I haven't looked a ton into the next class. Off the top of my head, I think Bijan and Gibbs over London just because of the scarcity yeah, um, so. of those elite potential running backs, uh, given the landscape at running back these days. Um, in Superflex, I mean, Stroud and Young, of course. For sure. Um, you know, Smith and Jigba, Butte. So in that 
five, six range in Superflex right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, certainly if, if you can get a guaranteed top two or three 2023 20, first for London, I think I would still do it. But yeah, I mean, we've talked before, as you guys pointed out, that both Jameson Williams and Drake London are still my top two rookie wide receivers in this class, regardless of QB situation, because mm-hmm. both of those QB situations could change very quickly. All right, we've talked a lot about 23 first, and we've talked a lot about, and I want to keep moving so we get all these Patreon questions in here, but we talked a lot about 23 first. We talked a lot about rookies. Uh, Jared Selbridi puts in Aaron Jones or Elijah Mitchell in a 12-team super flex. I want to transition this into, first you can just, we'll we'll answer it. I am personally still taking Aaron Jones. About a month ago, I would have said Elijah Mitchell. I value both of them in that 1-9 to 1-12 range, both of them as as a late first Real quick, both of you guys will go John, then we'll go Mung. If it's Jones or Mitchell, and then we're going to start another debate here. So Jones or Mitchell on the clock here. Let's say your win now. Win now. I'll go ahead and stick with Aaron Jones, but it's like dead even. I consider those guys like right next to each other in the rankings. And the reason is just because of the situation there in San Francisco with Shanahan. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a different running back every year. The injuries continue to pile up in, in that running back room. And he just wants to put speed on the field. He'll, you know, potentially recycle out Elijah Mitchell as mm-hmm. soon as he starts to tail off or he gets hurt. And the whole offense is just set up to just like run as fast as you can yeah. to that spot. And, and a lot of injuries do occur. So Aaron Jones just feels like a slightly better piece for, for continuing rosters. But it is really, really close. What do you think, Mom? Yeah, I've got Mitchell, uh, I believe, ranked a little bit higher in Dynasty just due to the massive age difference. Sure, but sure. Um, if you do have a very strong roster, I'd be fine taking Jones here um, just because I do think with Adams gone, he's going to see a lot of targets as long as he can hold up. Um, you know, he could be an Austin so Eckler type upside. So, yep. and, uh, again, just kind of mm-hmm. depends on team build, but I would mm-hmm. leave Mitchell long term as of right now. And I think Aaron Jones, if, if, I mean, without AJ Dillon there, Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back, you know? And oh, yeah. I think that's, that's what people wanted to talk about. You know, we, we talked about Aaron, Aaron Jones versus AJ Dillon in that smash Patreon. And there were over 31 comments. I mean, people are going back and forth Mung, I know you really kind of dissect things when you go in and you do your redraft and you do your dynasty rankings. Talk to me about both players. Talk to me about, and, and the crazy thing is you're looking at, both these guys' value is in that similar area, right? Like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both viewed as late first-type rookie rookie evaluations. Talk to me about the, the running back situation there, you know, in Green Bay this year, Monk. Yeah, I think most would agree when I say it's still Jones pretty clearly um, in redraft, but... I actually do still have Aaron Jones ranked a little bit higher in Dynasty as well, just because I'm not so certain that A.J. Dillon is going to be this workhorse, even if and when Green Bay were to cut Jones after this year. I think, you know, they'll still draft a compliment or maybe Kylan Hill becomes, you know, that pass catching guy. I just I don't see the type of workhorse usage for Dillon that many would think he has at his ceiling. Uh, just because we don't see many workhorse running back or backfields in general these days, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's kind of like that uh, where, uh, like Pollard, Madison, where people start to think that the backup is better than the starter simply because we see them in flashes and we don't really 
uh, you know, we get tastes of that upside that may never actually materialize. It's crazy just like looking at some of the, I mean, you guys come to us and, and, in this group chat, I mean, guys like, you know, Dynasty 612, he's like talking about, you know, they're like, well, Aaron Jones is secure. He's there for the next four years, but he's a dead cap of just $4 million. It would save them $16 million next year if they cut Aaron Jones. You know, so a lot of people are really trying to anticipate A.J. Dillon as a potential, you know, just like we thought before that Aaron Jones was going to leave and A.J. Dillon was going to be that guy. Is it a situation where are we going to see AJ Dillon like we saw in that snow game where he put up you know twenty seven fantasy points, or are we just waiting on a guy, John, that might not break out? Are we waiting on a guy that you know in this situation may or may not be the guy? Yeah, it's tough. I I kind of tend to agree with with Monk. Um, I I still lean Aaron Jones a little bit. I think that his twenty twenty two season, no question, will be higher we the ppr leagues are typically the the standard now and so he's he's really going to eat i mean i i can only imagine how many targets he's going to get given the green bay receivers and the amount of trust that aaron Rodgers has in him mm-hmm. but um you know when you look beyond the season let's say you're in a punt or a rebuild i have him very very close i mean you could get aj Dillon for a lot less in a startup and so that is appealing if you're playing for the mid to long term he, he will, um, I, I think, continue to get more and more work. But, mm-hmm. you know, Green Bay doesn't actually run a ton of plays. I just feel like the ceiling for this guy is RB2. It's hard for me to imagine him working his way into an RB1 situation, maybe even without Aaron Jones on the team. Uh, I like him. I like him. I have him on a few teams. But for me, he's not. He's a guy that I would prefer to have as my RB3 or flex right now and mm-hmm. you know if the, if he somehow does blow up great but i wouldn't necessarily pay for um uh, you know that high of a ceiling or expect that high of a ceiling from him so i, I want to play a little bit advocate here for you because you guys know i've had aaron jones on my contenders the last couple of years and we're saying you know he could just be a casualty for green bay they could easily cut him next year get out of that money so let, let's stay with the same situation aaron jones is a top 10 running back. Aaron Jones is a guy who could put up 70 receptions this year. I mean, he is a good pass receiving option. I got to think Green Bay is going to be in a situation where without Devontae Adams, without drafting a legit wide receiver, Aaron Jones is going to be out there. Both of them are going to be on the field. Let's say Aaron Jones gets cut next year. All of a sudden, boom, he goes to the 49ers because Elijah Mitchell is not a necessarily long-term option here we get a situation where if you handcuff these two guys to each other it could be one of those awesome situations where you get two Mm -hmm. running backs for the price of one you know and you get those situations where when ingram went to baltimore you had ingram and kamara all of a sudden you went from having two guys in the same backfield to two here and aaron jones i think has minimal wear and tear compared to a guy his age like Zeke, like Derrick Henry, like Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones has been in a committee pretty much the entire time, and I think he's a little bit fresher and going to last a little bit longer here than than what a lot of people think, and he's starting to become a buy for me. I'm almost thinking Aaron Jones is a guy that you can get for a second plus you know, a, a running back. You could get him in that situation, and I didn't think about this way three months ago. Three months ago, I was like, I'm out on Aaron Jones. But there is that situation where we he moves on, he moves to Miami, he moves to San Francisco, and now all of a sudden, you know that that same explosiveness being by himself is up there again. 
as long as he brings that sombrero in the shades, man, he's going to be good to go. Those shades instantly drop. Like, that brings him up like three or four yeah. spots in his dynasty rankings for me. Every alone. time he puts it on, boost him in the rankings. I love it. You know, but again, that was a thing for me. I don't own any AJ Dillon. I sold my Aaron Jones, you know, in, in the off season, but I'm okay trying to find that discount. You know, you got to find things. We talk about it all the time. Know your league mates. See that, you know, people put, sometimes put, guy like Aaron Jones on the trade block and they'll take a second and Devin Singletary or they'll take something where you can literally get out and and, and kind of move on in that situation. So love that one. Um, another situation, I was listening to Dynasty Happy Hour last night and Tyler Gunther went on a rant about James Cook for a good 20 minutes until the host was like, hey, shut up, we're done here. But James Cook, he had as his RB2 in the class, thinking potentially he might pass Hall at some point. Talk to me a little bit about the Buffalo situation, because we talked about the Green Bay situation. John, I mean, Devin Singletary was a yeah. guy that you rode down the stretch. Oh, yeah. How do you see this breaking down? I mean, I'm going to drop it over to you, then we'll go straight over to Mung. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about the, the dynasty value here of these guys and, and how you see it shaking out, because ultimately I think Buffalo wants to get the ball in the air more from Josh Allen instead of him running and taking that beating that he has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally am not as high on, on James cook. I still have Kenny Walker as my RB two from this class behind Brees Hall. For sure. I, I, I think James cook has a lot of potential, but I like a lot of these wide receivers that we we've talked about so much guys like Drake London, Garrett Wilson, JMO ahead of James cook personally in my rookie order. That, that running back scarcity does cause us to do crazy things. I mean, when I look at the Buffalo running back situation, do I think James Cook could do well in that offense? Yeah, but Singletary is still there, and he showed out down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say like he was like the RB3 over the last four weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And so he he's earned some time in the offense. Uh, he, he wasn't necessarily the best receiving back, but I think that he absolutely will get carries and he's earned that in, in that offense. Um, he certainly was showing he could get it done. Um, you're right that I think um, in theory, Josh Allen could run a little bit less. Singletary looks like a guy that they will, will use, you know, first, second downs, maybe at the goal line. Um, mm-hmm. Does James Cook have some of those capabilities to become that guy? Sure. Absolutely. Is he more likely going to be, a receiving back initially in that offense? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to convince yourself that he's that skilled, that good, that he could somehow just place Singletary and become more of a three-down bell cow if you're going to take him that high in a rookie draft. So um, that's really kind of what it comes down to to me. But I, I view Buffalo as a pass-first team. Um, running backs are going to be secondary in general and to the receivers and to Josh Allen and his own legs. And when you start to split up what's left of the carries there and, you know, mix in a few receptions for James Cook, it's it's interesting, but I'm just not blown away by some of these other analysts that are out there hyping them up. Yeah, I think for me, I'm still taking the big four wide receivers. I start to debate it a little mm-hmm. bit with Chris Olave because mm-hmm. I'm not wild there if you yeah. really need that. Okay. But you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're drafting need over talent. You know, and we'll I think careful. once you get yeah. to Alave and Sky Moore, you're really starting to debate it. After you get those guys, if you don't need Pickett at quarterback, like I, I'm perfectly fine in that it, nine through fine. twelve. Yes. But I'm seeing guys 100%. take him at four, five, 
And as as right. Monk can attest, you are losing some stud wide receiver values, Monk. Yeah, I think there's a legitimate debate between Walker and Cook simply because we know how important receiving roles are to running backs in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been lower on Walker, too, because just lack of pass-catching upside and that questions about how good Seattle's offense is going to be in general with whether it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith or whoever it is. Um, so I do think there's a legitimate debate there. I, I believe I have Walker ranked just one spot higher in my rookie rankings, but I have a both in that eight, nine range. So certainly not in the top five um, over some of those elite wide receiver prospects, like you guys said. Um, and then as for Cook versus Singletary, I have Cook quite a bit higher. Uh, I think Singletary was fine. He beat out Moss and an aging Matt Breda last year. Uh, but I, I do think he takes a little bit of a backseat to Cook almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other issue with Singletary is I understand they're in a good offense, which is why we're interested in Cook. But Singletary also scored a lot of touchdowns on not that many touches down mm-hmm. the stretch last year. Um, it, it's similar to why I'm wary of Rashad Penny, because he had quite a few touchdowns uh, down the stretch as well. And, and I don't know how sustainable that is. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's cooked for me in the late first. I think Singletary could still have a lot of upside this year, but I would value him uh, quite a bit lower, probably in that mid to late second rookie range. Great analysis there on both your parts. So Mung, you wrote an, an article. I, I mean, I don't know if it was an article. It looked a lot more like a love note. Like, do, do you <laughs> love me also? Will you, you know, <laughs> click check yes no or maybe we all love the maybes i don't know why we did that in elementary school you know like the maybe you're like i might still work but yeah exactly if you're you're if you're teaching your kids the right way it's yes or no all right we don't want no maybes nobody wants a maybe in their dynasty trades like hey i'll think about it it's yes or no okay exactly and that's how you should be in the dating world no but mung wrote his little (laughs) his love note to trey lance today and it's a fantastic article uh, Monk, talk to me a little bit about the article. Talk to me about, and I know you don't like to, you know, give up everything because you want people to read it as well. But let's talk about, you know, his, his ECR. Let's talk about his dynasty ranking. Let's talk about his trade value. Let's really dig into Trey Lance. I know you've been waiting for it. John's been waiting for it. I've been waiting for the other side. Talk to me about Trey Lance, guys. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the love letter because back when I was at Dynasty Trade Calculator a few years ago. Um, I actually wrote a a Love Actually-themed article about Jarek McKinnon's upside with Kyle Shanahan. Nice. And, we need uh, to resurface this, uh, this, letter, this DTC letter, Mom. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it if, <laughs> uh, if you Google it. Just Google, like, Jarek McKinnon, Love Actually, okay, I'm on my it. name. Um, but, you know, sadly, that never came to fruition just because McKinnon got injured right away and, and just couldn't stay healthy when he was in San Francisco. But... Honestly, a a lot of it, I think right now, the issue with Lance is people are just scared about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, That's why I I believe per Fantasy Pros redraft uh, consensus rankings, he's the QB 14 right now, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, 106th overall, and then 102nd overall on underdog ADP, uh, QB 13, which, I mean, that's that's like lower than his floor. It would just absolutely, yeah, by the absolutely shock me if he didn't finish as a top 10 or top 12 quarterback mm-hmm. purely on his rushing production alone. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, before the NFL draft, we kind of talked about Malik Willis as a Jalen Hurts type prospect. And I think that's Lance's absolute floor, right? If he if he just isn't a good passer to start his career, but he puts up that rushing production. We saw Jalen Hurts was what, the QB five, QB six last year in fantasy. And yep. he was, you know, avert your ears, Dad, but he was pretty terrible as a passer. Oh yeah, no, I never I've never <laughs> argued against that. <laughs> um, I love watching him play. But yeah, as, as far as passing goes, it ain't pretty. Yeah, and I think it's kind of crazy for people to say that he can't develop uh, because I do think that Hurts could certainly become a very good quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, the risk is there. And I think the difference here with Lance is that he has far more draft capital and job security Mm -hmm. uh, than Jalen Hurts. So wherever Hurts is going in Dynasty, you know, Lance should be quite a bit higher because I view Hurts as his floor uh, scenario. And I think his ceiling scenario could be a – a Lamar Jackson type MVP season. And that's why I've been and continue to be so high on Trey Lance. And, you know, I addressed the Jimmy Garoppolo situation in my article. You can read more about that, but I have a a very hard time believing that the Niners are going to pay Garoppolo 27 million to be a backup for this year. um, After, after trading massive amounts of assets uh, to get Lance to waste another year of him, three first round picks. Deal. Yeah, um, you know it. It just it would be absolutely shocking, not only because of the draft capital, but because you have to remember that, you know, Shanahan and Lynch have job security. They've done a great job thus far, but you know, an, another season or two of not making it back to the Super Bowl after they got so close, and I think their seats do start to get a little bit hot and. You know, at this point, I'll, I compared the Lance situation to Patrick Mahomes, who sat behind Alex Smith because they chose the safer veteran option in a season where they could potentially go to the Super Bowl. Um, but they immediately went to the upside rookie or second-year player, I guess, in Mahomes the year after. And really, I think, you know, Garoppolo's shoulder surgery is what has delayed a trade or any movement on that front. And you know, I go into a lot, lot more detail in the article if you guys want to read it. But I think that as soon as Garoppolo is gone, and that is a near certainty, Trey Lance's ADP in redraft and best ball is going to skyrocket. And his dynasty value is, you know, I, I don't know that people who drafted Lance are selling him at this point. But there might be a slight buy low window still while Garoppolo is on the roster. So, John, I think we've talked about it here. And those are all great points. And I love it. The Trey Lance has gone at smash one. He went at one or smash three went at 112. At smash four, he went at 202. And at smash five, he went at 201. So he is going, you know, right at that back end of the first. Mung made great points there. I want you to talk a little bit about his dynasty value, where you see him overall in the rankings, and, you know, what kind of trade value we should, we should expect in that. And are we buying? Yeah. I, I'm I'm really I've always been I think in between the two of you, and uh, well let me where, where let you... me preface that because <laughs> everybody thinks I hate Trey Lance. I, Mung and I go back and forth and we it's we price. back it right. I yeah. love I love Jalen Hurts at the price. You know, last year I had one Trey Lance share and I sold it for Jalen Hurts and Leonard Fournette for a stretch run. You mm-hmm. know, I am always I I I'm very particular with my quarterbacks. I have Stafford. I have Hurts. I have Brady, I have mm-hmm. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and that's it. 
like across all my leagues and they're all super flex. And for me, it's a matter of I want I would rather have Stafford plus something in between there. Yeah. I would rather have Jalen Hurts plus. It's never been that I don't think Trey Lance is going to be a QB1. I just think right now Trey Lance and Justin Fields in that early second, late first, we're almost buying pretty close to the ceiling and that's that's my only argument. And I and I will say this. I think the whole allure with Trey Lance is his ceiling. And I am convinced if it all does come together, stars align, he could be a top five quarterback in, in this league. The the rushing upside combined with the offense and his his skill set, he's he's got all the intangibles, physical attributes. I drafted him ahead of Justin Fields, and so I have a number of shares of Trey Lance. So I hope Mung is right. And I, I, I'm going to say this. I do actually think he's a buy right now because of the Jimmy G situation. Buy the dip if you can. Get the value, even if you don't love the guy. And then flip him when the inevitable value spike occurs when Jimmy G does leave or he, he shows out in a couple games. Um, but there is, so there right is now, some that, risk. That value is 223 first, and we just talked about that class. I mean, that's where Trey Lance is at. He, mm-hmm. if To get him, you're going to have to give up. 223 first how much more if jimmy garoppolo goes let, let's just play this out jimmy yeah. garoppolo ends up does getting traded do you move him above the guys that are ahead of him and i'll tell you that's that's dak prescott mm-hmm. justin jefferson jamar chase and and jonathan taylor you know it's the it's those six quarterbacks and it's those guys could you move him above any of those guys and my answer would be maybe dak but probably not you know and i feel like this is where he's at would you pay two t- random 23 firsts for Trey Lance or Justin Fields right now? I would not do it for Justin Fields, and I probably would not do it for Lance just the way I'm geared. Yeah, and you're you're geared towards those contending rosters that are playing to win this season. And so Lance is is typically not going to be on those types of rosters. If you're, if you're a year, two years, maybe three years out, I think Mung made a nice point earlier that Trey Lance does have some of that longevity and, and frankly, younger than some of the quarterbacks that are getting drafted in front of him. I personally think where he's going, and these are pretty savvy smash leagues where you, mm-hmm. you showed where he's going, that's about right for him right now. Mm-hmm. I think he does need to show something. I mean, he has no, nothing to show. It's just that ceiling. The, the production hasn't really been there yet, so there is some risk-reward here. Because of that, I think he's appropriately – um, going in these drafts, but if you can take advantage of the the situation that he's in right now, and perhaps he is slipping a little further than that, or you can get him in a trade for less than mm-hmm. those two twenty three first, maybe it's a first and a second, or another piece, it's worth considering. Well, um, and but, my yeah. my move here, and, mm-hmm. and and Mung, I'll get your take on this. My move isn't to move up for Trey Lance. My move is if I have Kyler Murray, which I have done this, I've okay. offered to try to get Trey Lance plus. And okay. I mean, that's how I look at my quarterback room. Mm-hmm. I'm not trading Josh Allen for him, you know, and I'm not I'm not trading Josh Allen for anything. But I mean, those kind of situations, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, outside Herbert or Allen, maybe you move Mahomes for Trey Lance plus plus, or you move Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray for Trey Lance plus. Mung, what are, what are some trades that you've been seeing? What are some ideas of people to move into that certain situation? And then I'm going to talk about a Smash 5 trade where Trey Lance actually was traded two days ago. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen a ton of trades because I have Lance in, in most of my league. <laughs> so nice. I, think, I think people understand at this point that they just 
don't need to bother to make offers for him. Well, then um, let's talk about V Pizzle's but, trade. So Smash Five. Well, uh, Vince, real quick. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to talk about what you were saying, where it's, it's going to cost two twenty-three firsts, right, for mm-hmm. Lance right now. And, and I know people are super high on Young and Stroud, but it wasn't that long ago when people were talking about Sam Howell as a top overall pick in the NFL draft, right? We we these guys could still have bad years. And then at the same time, my issue is, you know, I, I've talked on previous podcasts where I've come around on the quarterback position where I think talent is the most important factor. But I think for quarterbacks more Situation. than any other position, the surrounding organization and, mm-hmm. and surrounding talent matters a lot for their development. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, even if, you know, Stroud and Young have phenomenal seasons this year, they come out as the 101, 102 in the NFL draft next year. I mean, depending on that landing spot, there's not much better than San Francisco in a Shanahan scheme with a top 10 offensive line. And, yeah. it, you know, to me, that's worth two, two uh, was it, Bert? I respect Bert's that. In the hand for Trey Lance, and I would still take him over, <laughs> yeah. over those two guys. Okay. He's in that perfect storm. So in this trade, Vince P, that's at V Pizzle, made a trade with your boy Michael McCade, that's at yep. FF Michael 22. So let's, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. So... We're looking at Trey Lance and Amon Ra St. Brown. There's a third and a fourth round. They're swapped. I'm not even going to bring that up because who cares. But it's Trey Lance and Amon Ra St. Brown or Zach Wilson and T. Higgins. John, you've been quiet for a little bit and you're in this league and you made yeah. a trade with Michael and mm-hmm. V. Pizzle's my boy. We've been making some deals. Talk to me about this particular trade because you, you already know what side yeah. I'm on. Because I've been all about Zach Wilson and I've been all about T. Higgins. But mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about this one because it's a pretty fun trade. Yeah, it is a fun trade. And I love seeing these kinds of trades. And shout out to the Smash 5 League. And I love both these guys. I have both their 23 first. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so you're hoping <laughs> hope all four both, of them don't. I hope don't. it unravels for both of them um, <laughs> this year. No, I, I wish them both the best. These are great guys. I actually did give the edge to Michael McCabe and the Trey Lance side. I just have never been bought in on Zach Wilson going back to pre-NFL draft um, in, in 21. Mm-hmm. I just I, I have a lot of different concerns with Zach Wilson. It's it's hard to argue against him now because they've loaded up that offense. He's got a lot of talent around him. And I'm coming around to him just a little bit, but I, I just have the Trey Lance ceiling in my mind as being mm-hmm. uh, a bigger play. Now, we do love T. Higgins, and so – I think it's it's that's a huge it's, difference. It's, it really Amon is. Ross St. Brown and Cause I, and I told Michael McCabe, um, who was going to, you know, he was he was offering him out in a cascade trade. And I'm just not big on Amon Ra. So it evens the scales for me. But for me, it does still come down to the QB and that positional value in a super flex. And so I give the edge there to the Trey Lance side just because of I have that a pretty, pretty sizable gap of him over Zach Wilson. But I like these kinds of trades and yeah. you know, T Higgins. I know it was very tough for McCabe to have to give him up. And like I said, it, it does kind of even out the scales to where I'm like, you know what? I like it. Go get your guys and have yeah. fun with it. And both guys were, were going from a position of strength to a position of need in both of those. Uh, right. Mung, you and I talked about this one a little bit in the group chat. You know, you and I both agreed they're, they're pretty darn fair. You know, it's right there. Um, are you taking, are you taking the Lance Amon-Ra or Wilson and Higgins side here? Yeah, it's still the Lance side for me, but I, I remember replying to this trade in the Patreon chat where I, I don't think the value is terrible, 
Um, I, I've never particularly been a Zach Wilson believer too, mm-hmm. but the Jets are, are finally starting to seemingly build correctly uh, yeah. a roster. Um, so, you know, they're shoring up that offensive line. He's got great weapons now. So I, I think there's upside with Wilson as well. And certainly, you know, we love T Higgins as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, it just comes down to the fact that I think Lance has such a safe floor and such a high ceiling that it, you know, it still comes down to that for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in around St. Brown too. I, I've never been high on him, but you can probably still get an early second for him in trades right now. So I, I think the value is still on the Lance side for me, but I don't think it's crazy if you really like Wilson and you're not quite as sure about Lance. And we have one more here, and, and I mean, we literally hit on every question from our, our Patreon chat in the last three days. Like, we, these are not questions that have been asked over the last month. This is the last three days, you know, and it's like, it's nonstop in there. Honestly, there are over 100 tweets in there a day. So if you guys want action, I know my girlfriend's tired of me talking to fantasy football. I know my kids are tired of it. If you guys are in that same boat and your coworkers are like, dude, I don't really care about your fantasy <laughs> shares of Zach Wilson or Jalen Hurts. Just just shut up. Then come join us. You know, yep, we've for, got the place for, for you. A dollar a month, man. That's your spot. But Nathan Moore, another one of our guys that's, that's recently uh, has joined in. That's at Moore Dynasty. Cool name. Uh, he did a three-way trade, but I'm going to break down just what he got versus what he gave. He gave Waller, Michael Thomas, and Terry McLaurin. He comes away with A.J. Brown and George Kittle in tight end premium. Personally, I think this is an absolute smash, except because I think Waller and Kittle are pretty close. But if you give me the choice of A.J. Brown or Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin, I'm really starting to get leery on Michael Thomas. You know, I, I think we really started to kick off this trade thing, this smash accept thing with that Michael Thomas episode. And, and John, we were advocating for everybody to go out and buy him. And I've just, oh man, it's just been downhill ever since. So we, we put the jinx on Michael Thomas, but I love A.J. Brown and Kittle on this side. Uh, John, what do you think here for, for Nathan? Yeah, I, I, I think that you got to give the, the slight edge to the, the Kittle Brown side on this. I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm still holding out some hope for MT and, and, and F1. It's, it's pretty even. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this. I even, I've even had to plug that into a calculator just to kind of size it up some. It's pretty dang even. But you, I think you, you tend to lean towards the true superstars, A.J. Brown, for sure has the ceiling amongst those three wide receivers. George Kittle you can convince yourself will actually have um, more longevity and in higher upside than Darren Waller, albeit very close. So I'll give the slight edge to that. Um, But you know what? Pretty even trade in my mind. And I mean, if, if Lance does get the job, I put Kittle down a little bit, the two games they had, he, they just couldn't sync up. Maybe it, it works in there, but I mean, six points per game in those, in those games, Waller, I think is a cheap, cheap buy right now. I feel like people are out of sight, out of mind. Devontae Adams there. Yeah. And everybody tells themselves the, the, the narrative that he's not going to get targets. I think he's going to get more premium oh, targets. Yeah. He's not going to see fine. double teams anymore. Um, the Michael Thomas thing is really starting to worry me where I keep getting questions of Michael Thomas or Allen Robinson. I'm saying Allen Robinson, the number two with Matthew Stafford. The over risk is there. A now I'm crowded, crowded mm-hmm. wide receiver room in New Orleans. Mung, are you taking Kittle, Brown, or are you taking Waller, Thomas, and McLaurin. 
Yeah, I'll give an answer that both sides are probably not going to want to hear. <laughs> it's neither. No, it's... Uh, I, I have questions about all of them, right? I, I think the talent is apparent for all these guys. Um, Brown, I have concerns about how much volume he's going to see uh, in Philadelphia and you know how well Hurts uh, does as a passer efficiency-wise. Um, we've also seen some injury struggles with Brown, so he really needs to prove this year that he can stay healthy. Um, Kittle, I have questions about, you know, just a run heavy offense in San Francisco. I love Trey Lance, but I, I love him a lot for that rushing upside. And we see that when quarterbacks can run, sometimes the pass volume isn't there for the receivers. Mm -hmm. uh, Waller, we've talked about, I'm concerned about him finally, you know, uh, battling for targets with a true number one wide receiver, which the Raiders haven't had in a very long time. Um, and that's why Waller kind of became that de facto top receiver for the team. Uh, Thomas, oh, it, just the rumors that he's still not fully healthy after a full, what, year and a half almost. Uh, that's a red that's flag true. for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, He's almost 30 as well, so we'll see how that works out. And then McLaurin, I, I, I think he's a good wide receiver, but he was an older prospect coming in. I don't see him as a true number one, and I also don't know that Wentz is going to be the most uh, efficient passer either. So at the end of the day, that's my long, long way of saying I'll bet on the talent with Brown and Kittle, uh, and I think that's where the value is. But I think there are concerns with all of these guys. For me, I had – you guys know I had A.J. Brown higher than pretty much anybody this time last year. And A.J. Brown was in a spot where, honestly, that value was up there, and he's in a was in a run-first offense in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, who had been struggling. Now he goes to another run-first offense, in, in theory, with – it's almost the exact same situation, and he's dropped in value, I would say, in trade value by at least an early second. Like, you can get mm -hmm. A.J. Brown cheaper than ever, and I'm I'm not sold that it's so much different of a situation, you know? And that's not a Jalen Hurts plug. I'll have plenty of those, but I'm just saying A.J. Brown is still that same talent, still able to win at all levels of the field, a fantastic dynasty asset. Guys, well, Dad... Dad, that depends on whether or not you think Tannehill's a better passer than Jalen Hurts. I, <laughs> I mean, so I, we'll, we, we have all offseason for me to just brag up Jalen Hurts, you know, <laughs> as the dark horse QB1. But anyways, he... We're not going to get into that. That was a great show. I loved... You know, dude, I, I feel like we could just... We, we're... You, you, whenever I start saying something about Lance or you start saying something about Hurts, we just kind of, you know feel it balling up a little bit, getting ready to just start attacking. Uh, but no, they're, they're like our kids, you know, they're like, and John and I know that our 23 firsts in our leagues are, are like our kids. I'm the dynasty dad. I got eight 23 firsts, you know, I don't want eight kids, but I want as many 23 firsts as possible. This was a great show. I love talking trades. I love doing the answers for you guys in that Patreon group. If you guys want to join that again, hit us up. Um, John, why don't you, you know, close this up here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then we'll switch it over to Mung and, and end it up. Yeah, good being back with Dad and Mung here. Love doing this. This is what we do. We love chopping it up, looking at the trades. Sm shout out to the Smash 5 group. Having a lot of fun with them. And, and shout out to the Smash Patreon. Definitely let us know if you're interested in that. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore trades. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Uh, and honestly, my little plug for the Smash Patreon is 
it's just like this show, right? I, I love when we have the smart experts on talking about the different prospects and the strengths and weaknesses, but also just breaking down trades is kind of an art of its own. And, you know, we have really smart people in the group and I'm not even talking about myself or dad or John, you know, we chime in at times, of course, but we have knowledgeable people in there and there's enough debate where, you know, I, I listen too, right? Mm -hmm. We can all learn and there's some smart comments here. And really, it's just the activity is constant and you guys are going to love it for 12 bucks a year. And it's a money back guarantee. Like literally, it's the equivalent of like for pennies a day. You could feed some starving analysts. No, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> we're gonna cue the music of uh, oh, what is it? That I will remember you. But anyways, SPSA. Yeah, but it's just awesome to be in there because what I've seen, and I've had people message me with like, you know what, Dad, this is something that we learned from you, and we're talking about it in here, or this is something that I heard you and Mung teaching, or you and John teaching, and now we're actually talking about it, and it's like. I know if you're already in Smash Patreon, you're not trying to get other people from your league mates because these are the guys that are going to win your league, you know, but if you guys hear this, honestly, hit us up. If you don't like it in the first month, just say, hey, it wasn't for me. Boom. We'll, we'll issue your money back. Not a problem at all. So again, we want to invest that into getting premium subscriptions for all kinds of things, sharing things with you guys, getting t-shirt deals, you know, getting some of that Smash Accept hat swag, you know, all that kind of stuff, some giveaways. We already did something for the Smash Patreon guys. I put a thing out there. I said, listen, whoever predicts where Michael Pittman falls next year, you know, if they predict where, if he's wide receiver 12, 13, whatever that is, whoever that is, they get half off their 2023 admission price into one of the Smash Leagues. I keep having you guys ask about starting a Smash 6. Honestly, I'm in five of them now. I'm debating a 6. If you guys can uh, convince me, you know, and, and just kind of get it pumped up, maybe we'll get Mung in another league. I know we won't. But thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.